0: right, Matthew chapter 16 is where we're at. I want you to notice what it says in verse 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. And last year I preached a message on taking up your cross, and I showed how even though Christ had not gone to the cross yet, his disciples would have understood what he meant by this because um, crucifixion was a very common form of execution during that time that the Romans used. And so without a doubt, Jesus is calling his disciples to be disciples. It's a call to not salvation, but a call to discipleship. And he's telling them that if you are going to follow me, you need to be ready to take up your cross. I believe what he's saying is you need to be ready to, if necessary, die for me. And according to history, that's exactly what happened to most of Jesus' disciples. They died as a result of following Christ. And so, uh, I, I'm not going to repreach all of those things. But if today, if you are going to be a disciple of Christ, more than likely, it is not going to be an easy road, especially as our world gets more wicked. Our world is becoming more hostile to true christianity we have more fake versions of christianity popping up and people who try to be true to the scriptures and just to some things that we would consider the basics there's often some hostility that comes our way as a result of it and so if you're going to succeed in these battles that will be a battle it's important that we prepare ourselves and listen just because you are saved does not mean you are going to be an effective disciple faithful to the end. That does not mean that. not everyone is going to be faithful to the end. In first John 2:28 it says, and now little children abide in him that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If you do not stay close to Christ when he comes, he's still going to take you, but you're going to be ashamed at his coming. Now do we have a church full of people? that are, are cool with that? Is that what I'm pastoring? A bunch of people are cool with being ashamed that is coming. All right, hopefully, those of you that are here, you understand you don't have to keep coming to church here to go to heaven if you're already saved. You're going to heaven, but hopefully the fact that you're here, you're, you're telling me, whether you know it or not, but you're telling me that you want to be a disciple of Christ. So if I'm assuming everybody here wants to be a disciple of Christ. Uh, nothing I'm going to say here are requirements for salvation, requirements for heaven. But they are about discipleship. And I assume everybody here wants to be a disciple. And so just understand that some people are going to be ashamed at His coming. I don't want to be ashamed at His coming. So I want to make sure I'm being faithful. Revelation 16:15. Jesus said, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. We see in Second Timothy 2, 9. It says, wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even as unto bonds, but the word of God is not bound. Therefore, I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain the salvation, which is in Christ Jesus, with eternal glory. Paul was Paul was sealed, secured. He was on his way out of heaven. But Paul endured all kinds of hardships. You know why? Because as a disciple of Christ, he wanted to see other people get saved. And if other people were going to get saved... He was going to have to endure some things so he could get the gospel to him. Because guess what? If you're out there advancing the gospel, you're going to get opposition. The devil's not just going to sit by and let you do things that are effective for the cause of Christ without some opposition. So Paul said, I'm enduring it all. I'm going to keep on moving forward. And it was not an easy thing. It says, it is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with Him. If we deny Him, He will also deny us. If we believe not, yet He abideth faithfully, He cannot deny Himself. And many people will use that to show, man, if you deny Christ, you're going to lose your salvation. That's not what that's saying. And I've preached on this before, but I'm going to show you what this means. But let's look at another passage where we see something very similar said. In Matthew 10, 26, it says, Fear them not, therefore... For there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid that shall not be known. What I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light. What ye hear in the ear, that preach ye upon the housetops. And fear not them which kill the body. Look at that, there's that. He's telling, don't fear those that can kill the body. That very well may happen if you're a disciple of Christ. Thankfully, things are still pretty good in America. But throughout history, things have been... Very, it's been dangerous to be a Christian and much of the world throughout much of time and even today in much of the world. It's dangerous to not just be a Christian but to be a disciple of Christ. Somebody make a difference. And so we're not, so we're not supposed to, part of being a disciple, we don't worry about those that can kill our body. We're going to do the right thing no matter what. That's what it means to be a disciple. Because they, they, while they can kill our body, they can't kill the soul, but are not able to kill the soul. But rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one of them shall not fall into the ground without your father? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men? Him will I confess before my father, which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my father Which is in heaven. Now what is that? What does that mean? That means something. Doesn't mean you're gonna lose your spot in heaven. That's, That's not what it means. This is another passage about discipleship. Jesus is also talking about meeting needs here. So what we're seeing in both of these passages is that if we are not there for God when He needs us, then He won't be there for us when we need Him on earth. That's what he's saying right there. doesn't mean he's going to deny our soul access to heaven when we die, but understand God has called us to be disciples. And if we are out there serving the Lord, we are doing what God wants us to do. God will provide what is needed for us. But if you're going to be like, you know what? I'm just going to think about myself. I'm just going to look out for myself, understand that. A day may come where you are in great need, where you're in need of some divine intervention in your life. And you know what God's going to do at that day? Hey, you denied Him. He's going to deny you. But that person who's confessing Christ, that person who's being a disciple, understand when the need comes up, God will be there for them. I think a, a, another way to illustrate this too is there have been people in the past that I have been friends with, that I've fellowshiped with, that I've stood with, that at some point in their life, Maybe they took certain turns and now it's like, I don't want anybody to know that I ever had anything to do with that person. I'm embarrassed by them. I deny them. I had a situation one time where there was somebody I used to be associated with being repulsive and disgusting and, and somebody tried putting them with me and I, you know what I did? I have nothing to do with that person. And then you know what that stinking rat did? They went and they shared a video. (laughs) That was a long time ago. It, what am I doing? I'm denying them. You know why? Because I'm embarrassed by them. I, I you know, I, I'm humiliated. You know, they'll, they'll show a picture or something. Be careful who you get your picture taken with, folks. You know, be, be careful. You know, it, it'll come back to haunt you. And you know, and so when that, when somebody does that, when somebody denies you, it shows they're embarrassed by you. Didn't Peter deny Christ? Why? He was ashamed. He was afraid. He feared. Sometimes people deny. For bad reasons. Sometimes they do it for cowardice reasons. Sometimes it's for legitimate reasons. So there's people that have turned out to be heretics. There's people that have turned out to be terrible people that have done horrible things. And it's just like, man, I hope nobody associates me with that person. And we do. We want to do everything we can to create distance. And so understand when it comes to God, if we are not there for him, understand he's not gonna be there for you. He's gonna he's gonna deny you. Sometimes I need Jesus Christ, confessing me before the Father, make an intercession for me. But if I'm not doing anything that He wants me to do, and then all of a sudden I've got a need, hey, you know, Lord, I know I went against Your Word, I went against Your commandments, and I gave into the temptations, and I did. I got anxious for money, and I started gambling, and now I'm in the hole, and I've got the casino people coming after me for all the all the money that I owe them. Lord, I need You right now to provide some big blessings, like. You could, you denied me every time you walked into that stinking casino. You, you you, were denying me every time you quit trusting in me to provide for you and you went and you're buying the lottery tickets and, you know, participating on the tax and the stupid and all that kind of stuff. And like, and now you've got yourself in a mess. You want me to, and listen, God could be merciful. He could be, but you know what? He might just say, you know what? I'm going to let those guys rough you up. I don't know. I, don't, I, I, I'm not, I, I'm not here to speak for God on what he would do in every situation, but that's the kind of thing he's talking about right there so just understand god has something he needs from us god needs god wants disciples and guess what it's not going to be easy it's going to be challenging difficulties are going to come and so you know passages like these that we read it's a problem for people who make everything about salvation some people make every passage about no there's passages about discipleship and so um you know wh- wh- so don't understand or don't misunderstand this doesn 't mean if you serve God, bad things won't happen to you it 's not what it means. Bad things happen to people who serve God, but you just understand bad things still can happen because God might need you to suffer. Look at how God used job job's suffering job's suffering has helped millions and millions of people now god rewarded him in the end but did you know there's other people who god needed them to die think about that but you know what ladies and gentlemen if you suffer on this earth just understand jesus is going to confess you before the father we're still not done because there's a there's a millennial kingdom coming A resurrection day is going to come. And many of those people who died, we see in the Bible, they did it so they could have a better resurrection. Some people are going to have a better resurrection than others. You know why? Because they did whatever Jesus asked them to do. And He does, in fact, ask some people to suffer. He asked some people to be destitute. He asked some people to be poor. He asked some people to suffer. We preached about that. We've covered all these things this year. I just say all this to say... That sometimes being a disciple of Christ, it's going to require hardship and it's going, to, it's going to require strength, endurance. You're going to need some toughness. You're going to have to have it. And let me tell you something, just because you're saved does not mean you have it all. It does mean you have access to, to it all. But it doesn't mean that you exa- you have all these things right now. We see in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 11, For other foundation can no man lay... Than that which is laid, which is Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Know ye not that they which are the temple of god and the spirit of god dwelleth in you so understand some there's going to be some people who are going to not have any rewards on judgment day you know why because they weren't disciples they're going to be denied those things when they stand before the father because they denied him on this earth they did not do the things that god wanted from them and so i say all this to just make it clear just because you're saved does not mean you will be successful as a disciple. You will be a successful Christian. You are not guaranteed rewards. You're only guaranteed heaven if you're saved. You're not guaranteed happiness just because you are saved. You're not guaranteed a good finish just because you're saved. The only thing you're guaranteed, you won't go to hell. You'll be saved yet so as by fire. That's the only guarantee you have as a Christian. Are we all, is this a church full of people that are just satisfied with not going to hell? Because guess what? If, if that's all y'all are looking for, just I don't want to go to hell. If you're saved, we might as well give you your graduation diplomas, move your tasks to the other side and walk out this building and just like high school, don't ever come back. You know, you who goes back to high school? You got Your diploma, you're not going to go back and all that. If you're coming to church here just to get saved, listen, you should already have that by now. Move on. Don't, don't come back. But hopefully you're here because you want some rewards. Hopefully you're here because you want some disciples so don't miss don't mistake anything i'm saying and so without a doubt we are we are in spiritual turmoil in america our country is going down the toilet fast christians are not in good shape spiritually most people in even fundamental baptist churches today they don't even know how to get somebody saved that is the case in most churches even Christian, many Christians, they're struggling morally, mentally, emotionally. They've got all the same problems that the world has. We've got all the same same things going on. It's it's we're not in a good state. Good churches have gone from slowly dying out to rapidly dying out, or going into full blown compromise, which is basically dying out, as far as I'm concerned. It's full. They're going into full blown apostasy. And if we think we're going to be successful in these last days without making a conscious effort to do so, you're going to fail. Listen, we are going to be called on, we've been called on to run a marathon. Hey, nobody's just going to go run a marathon without doing some serious training. You've got to do some preparation. I, I tried to just, you know, I, I, we did the, I did the Potluck 100 this year. I wanted to at least do a, I wanted to do 30 miles on foot. I didn't really train for it. I failed. I didn't even make a marathon. And I walked most of it. I did. I couldn't even go the 26 miles and my legs were done. I wanted to do it. But folks, there's some things you are not just going to one day decide to do without doing some training. I mean, it was, I, I was, ash- I was ashamed at my performance and it was like, and I knew it was coming for months. I knew it was, I knew it was coming and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm going, I'm going to do it on foot this year and I'm going to go 30 miles. Maybe more. And I, I didn't even come close. You know why? I didn't, I didn't train for it. And you know, we understand what is coming. We're seeing the spiritual uh, falling away that is going on in our world and in this country. And you know, we know that there's a tribulation coming. And if we think that we are just going to endure it without any prep work without any training you're crazy you are going to look like i did laying against the fence out on that path calling a pastor and can you send somebody to come pick me up i can't go anymore that's what i had to do i i i I went 15 miles one way so i had to make it the 15 miles back 30 miles i I did that so i would have to because i knew you know I, i would be too embarrassed to call and have somebody come pick me up but i was hurting so bad i didn't care anymore I I didn't care and you might think I'd be too ashamed to give up when the going gets tough but I'm telling you if you don't train when the when the pain starts when the difficulty comes you're not going to care anymore you know what you're going to do you're going to quit you're going to quit when you're when the pain is there it is the easiest thing in the world to do to just quit to just give up and so I'm telling you we've got to train ourselves we've got to prepare for these things and we, cause our, our country is not in good shape spiritually. So there was, there was a time in our country where gyms, workout equipment, they weren't really available and they weren't even really necessary. You know, there was a time where survival demanded hard work. That's how it was physically. But now we've got gyms everywhere. We've got workout equipment. We've got diet pills. I talked to somebody who said that there's a shot that you can get. Now he's talking about getting a shot to lose weight. It's like what? It's like does that even work? That that, that sounds terrifying to me. And after all the stuff going on with shots, I, I wouldn't trust it. But you know that we've got we've got all these things. But there was a time people didn't need that stuff because just life demanded hard work. And so there was there was a, there was a tougher generation today. I mean it, this generation today, if the grid ever goes down, we're going into full blown apocalypse within a week. I guarantee it. A full-blown apocalypse in just a matter of time. Today, the vast majority of the food that is around, it's just garbage. We don't even know what we're eating. Go read the labels and the ingredients in the food. We can't even pronounce what we're eating. Come up in a factory somewhere. Some chemist came up with. Bill Gates probably made it. And we know what he wants to do with the population. You know, we've got technology that's made survival so easily that we have to purposefully exercise if we want to stay in shape with most occupations that are out there today. Many people have occupations where they don't have to exercise because their occupation is exercise and they're doing fine, but that's not how a lot of people are. But in our nation spiritually, this is kind of where we're at. We went through a period of time in this country where things were really, really easy for Christians. This was a Christian nation. It had Christian morals, Christian values. It was not hard to be a Christian. There was a time where if you were the immoral one, you were the one that was kind of frowned on in society. It was hard to not act like a Christian. There, you know, there was a time when people they thought something was wrong with you if you didn't go to church on Sundays. Now, you're the weird one if you go to church on Sundays. But people, things were easy. And you know what? Christians became weak as a result We're weak because things were so easy. And what is considered Christianity today is the most pansified thing on the planet. It it really is. We've got to toughen up. This means we are going to have to purposefully do things out of the ordinary to prepare ourselves for the evil days. On purpose, you're going to have to say, you just cannot decide tomorrow if you're an average American I'm going to be in shape without drastically changing your diet and doing some exercise. We don't walk in this country. You know, we, we drive everywhere. We're in climate control all the time. We, we don't have these things. You know, when I was in Israel, we did a ton of walking on that trip. And normally when I, when I travel and I'm out of my element and out of my routine, I put on several pounds. But when I was, when I was in Israel, I was eating a lot. And I was eating junk like I typically do on trips. And you know what? I didn't gain a pound on that trip. In fact, I think I lost a couple because we walked all over the place. There was just so much walking. That's, that's, and that's kind of how it is in some countries. That's why people are like, why are Americans so fat? Part of it's our food. But again, we, we don't walk, you know, and we, we've got, we've got all these conveniences. So Americans, we have to purposefully add things to our routine uh, uh, in order to strengthen ourselves and to get ourselves in shape. And so what I I want to challenge everyone to do this year is something that we're going to call cross training, cross training, because we need to take up your cross. What does that mean? Be ready to go to death. Now, we're not going to make anybody die. But at the same time, that that day could come for us. That day very well could come for us. And if we think we are just going to sit around and just coast through life in America, and then when that day finally comes, we'll be ready to go. You're crazy. You better prepare yourself. You better start doing some training. And we need to start and cross training is an actual thing people talk about today, which the cross training is an exercise protocol that utilizes several modes of training that are outside the athlete's main sport to develop a component of fitness. It's because a lot of people too, even ones who exercise regularly, they kind of have a routine that they do. They kind of have one thing. There's a lot of of athletes, they're really good at one thing. I knew somebody one time that was extremely strong weightlifter. I mean, this guy, it it was impressive what he could do lifting weights. And I remember my dad was showing him his compound bow and he couldn't pull back the compound bow it was just like what and this guy was strong but though he hadn't worked those muscles that was some, that wasn't something he was used to doing and so even though he was very developed in certain areas there were other areas where he had major weakness and that's how most of us are most of us have a pretty good routine okay? most of us we have that routine of maybe going to church and you, and you have a routine of reading your Bible and, and you have all these routines that are good. You know, you go swimming on a regular basis and thank God for all those strengths that you have. But understand the devil is not going to fight you where you're strong. He's going to fight you where you're weak. He's going to go after your, your weaknesses. And the reality is too, in, in cross training, physically speaking, people who do it will tell you that it improves their performance. In everything that they do, and and there are they they've um, you know because the benefits of cross training I read one thing it says it can boost your cardiovascular endurance, it trains muscle groups that are not typically used in the main sport, it allows recovery from that main sport, it keeps you mentally engaged, and it may reduce risk of injury. Have you ever noticed too that a lot of these Extreme athletes, they often have these major injuries. You know why? It's because they're always training that one thing. But then, if they're doing something out of the ordinary, often those people, you know, they get hurt and just tear something up, and it messes them up. And the reality is, people who are are cross trained, you know, they are they're they're not great at any one thing, but they can do a little bit of everything. They don't have that weakness and so the reality is when it comes to physically training it's good to change up your routine the fitness people will tell you that it's it's good to cross train and i think that's what we all need spiritually we all need some spiritual cross training and it works too for the taking up your cross so that's why we're going to call it that because it is it's it's not a good idea to just sit around and assume you're ready for some kind of fight We're going to have curveballs thrown at us. We had curveballs thrown at us during 2020. We had, we had, you know, and we've, in our church, we've had a routine. We had curveballs thrown at us as a church in 2023. We had, we had things that, you know, were out of the ordinary, things that we weren't used to. And they, and they were challenging. And sometimes these things hurt. Sometimes these things are painful. Sometimes these things that we weren't ready for, they cause spiritual injury. And so the reality is, we know these things are going to happen. 2024, I wish I could predict what we're in for in 2024. Now, I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm just, I'm a natural optimist, but I'm I'm actually pretty excited about 2024. I think it's going to be a good year. I, I really do. But let me tell you something. I've seen enough in the last few years that there is no way I'm going into 2024 without preparing for some stuff. I think it's going to be very important that we're all... Doing some cross training that we all get out of our comfort zones, that we try to toughen up in some areas, that some of our areas where we're weak. Okay, there are there are the exercises that I hate doing. There are some things I I hate burpees. Hey, I'd rather burp. I'd rather you know know, that that's more pleasurable and enjoyable. But burpees, that's like the worst. I I hate those. But you know what? Sometimes you need it. You need those are the things you need to do. The things that you hate the things that your body just can't stand the most, that's what you actually need to do. And we need to be the same way spiritually. We all have our things we like. Okay? There, are, there are things as a Christian that I do, I like. I like going to church. I like the fellowship. There's, there's certain things like, there's some stuff I don't like. But you know what? That's where the devil's going to get you. He's going to attack you where you're weak. And so I want to challenge everyone this year to get out of your comfort zone and, and challenge yourself in new areas. We're gonna put out, we're gonna be putting these challenges in the bulletin every week. Okay? Right? And some of you, you might like reading your Bible. That's good. You know, keep, keep doing that. I'm glad you've got that routine down. Keep it going. Let's see if we can strengthen it a little bit. Let's get better. You know, great. You can bench whatever. You know, you, you always want to improve it, right? Do you, you know, let, let's improve that. But maybe you need strength in others. We're gonna have, there'll be some soul winning challenges. One of the things too, you know, So a lot of a lot of us, we have our routine when it comes to soul winning. And that's wonderful. You should have that. Thank God for that. I hope you only strengthen that this year. But you know what? I want to put out. I'm going to put out some challenges this year, too, to just go. And how about hand out a gospel track to people that you come in in contact with during the week? How many opportunities do we miss during the week just because it's not soul winning time? You know, I, I want to encourage people to try to give somebody the gospel when you're not soul winning. That's, that's good. You, you, know, you, can, you know, you're allowed to do that. You know you don't have to just go soul winning during soul winning time. Did you know that you can win souls when you're not soul winning? You know, meaning just when you're doing other stuff. You know what? I think we ought to shoot for that. I, I, I think one of the reasons we don't do that. And I'm talking about myself included. Is because we're not thinking about it. You know, and that's why people like me. If I didn't have a regular soul-winning time, I hear some pastors. They say, "Well, we believe in soul-winning in our church. We believe soul-winning seven days of the week," and that typically is code for we don't have a soul-winning program in our church. And typically, people in that church don't soul-win at all. I agree. We we should be soul-winning seven. You know, we should always be ready. But the reality is, most of us need a focused time. We need we need a specifically. You know, just like mo- in my routine as a pastor. I don't get that much exercise except when I'm out soloing, walking. So I have to purposefully go exercise. Most of us in our day-to-day lives, we're not going to have that many opportunities to witness to people. So we have to purposefully make opportunities. And that's why we have soloing times. But at the same time, you know, let's, let's try to make other opportunities as well. So we're going to have different challenges like that. One of the things we'll probably do some weeks too is ju- just for fun. Okay, some some things are for show. You know, when it comes to like running, weightlifting, whatever, we might do some showy things some week. We're just like, let's see if you can go soul winning for five, five hours of soul winning in one week or one day. You know, try, try to break records. Hey, what's the longest that you've ever gone soul winning? What's the longest you ever did it? Again, it, it's, it's not about yeah, I went out, you know, because you have that person. I went out, sold in six hours one time. Yep. And that was your six hours for the year. You know, again, we don't use these things to brag. We use these things to challenge ourselves. That's what I want everybody to do. That's why we're not going to like keep score. All right. We're not going to do, I don't want any of that going on. All of these things are meant to challenge you because here's what happens when somebody gets out of their comfort zone and they try something new. You know what? Sometimes you're going to find out, Hey, I like this. Hey, I'm good at this. This helps. It's like with exercising too. When you try new things, it does. Sometimes there's things you hate. Sometimes there's things things you like. Hey, this helps me. This is this has made me stronger in other areas. And and that's the whole point of what I what what I want to do this year. I want to keep everyone engaged. I want to keep everyone challenged. I want to keep you all confused. I want you to have your routine that you've got going that's good. But I want you to try new things too, because let me tell you, the devil is gonna, either I can confuse you with some of these things, or the devil's gonna confuse you, and he's gonna throw a challenge out there at you you're not ready for. That's what he's gonna do. He's gonna get us where we're weak. First, Timothy 4, 6, it says, If thou brethren, or if thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith, and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. But refuse profane and old wives fables and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having the promise of the life that now is and of the life that is to come. You see that? Godliness profits in everything. And so just like in, just like in exercising how you know, you can, you know, there's, there's some exercises that kind of help the whole body, right? There's some things that benefit a lot of different things. There's some exercises that only benefit one area, only one muscle group or whatever. And, you know, but when it comes to all the things that we're going to be talking about, the challenge, these are spiritual things. These are things that got, you know, one of the challenges we're probably going to do, I, I don't want to freak everybody. Listen, we're not making anybody do any of these things. I don't want anybody to walk out of the church right now. We're not going to make anybody do these things. We're not going to check up on you. We're not going to do a show of hands. So we're just going to challenge you. One of the challenges we will probably do at some point in the year, I'll prepare everybody for it so you guys can get ready mentally, emotionally. But one week, no TV. Man, I said, Pastor, you are crazy. You are a slave. Hey, I think some of you can do it. Now you're going to act like some of those people on the first day of the Biggest Loser, crying while all those trainers are are yelling at them and making them walk on a treadmill and stuff. That's how, that's how you're going to be. But you know what? You know we're going to scream at you about it. We're going to you know, we're going to make a big deal trying to motivate you, and you will you'll be crying and passing out and throwing up and all that kind of stuff. But I think you can do it. I think I think you can do it. I, I really do. So th- This church is getting too radical for me. I, I, I'm out of here. Hey, we're not checking up on anybody. We're just going to, we're going to want to challenge you. Okay? And again, ha- have your buddy in your church, you know, but like, don't, during testimony time by the time, I want to thank the Lord. I've nailed every challenge this week. You're going to, don't do not do that. Okay? But have somebody you can talk to about. You can talk to me about it. I'll, I'll encourage you. And I And here's the thing that stinks. Here's the thing that stinks. As a pastor who's, trying to motivate everybody to do these things, it's, I kind of need to set the example. So, you know, again, um, I, I'm going to try. I'm not promising I'm going to do all these things. One of the things, too, I'm probably going to have some challenges with, we're, with fasting. Fasting. okay? No food for a day. All right? So you're trying to kill us. No, I'm trying to prepare you for death. <laughs> that, that's what I because you know what god might god might ask that of you but I, I promise i promise i'm not trying to kill anybody i just i just want us to be ready for when that day comes it was anything we do for christ anything we do spiritually it's beneficial it's worth doing we can't just sit around and wait until we feel like doing something for you we've got to make it happen so we got we, we need to be we need to be we want to be fit to carry the cross 2 Timothy 2.19 Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. Having the seal, the Lord knoweth them that are His. And let every one that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, there are some things we have to purge from our lives. God's not going to do it for you. You have to do it. And if you'll do these things... He shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared, prepared unto every good work. That means you're ready to do every good work. You need to prepare yourself to get some things done. You need, we need to, you know, those of us who think the apocalypse is going to come on us and the grid's going to go down, you know, we should probably do some things, prepare ourselves. We should probably get some animal. You probably better learn how to make a fire with sticks or something like that. You better learn how to catch a fish. You better learn how to hunt an animal. You better learn how to do some things like that. And that's why, isn't that why we've always liked doing those things? We like to think, you know, it is. It's, that, that's why men we feel good having guns and shooting and all that and hitting our target because we like to know that if push comes to shove, I'm ready to protect my family. Makes us feel good. And you know what? There, you know, we are not going to help the devil bring any challenges our way. But that's what I want us to do this year. I want us to train ourselves. I want us to accomplish some things so when, when we finish those things, we'll feel good. Like, you know what? I'm ready to fight the devil. I'm ready to fight the devil. What man in here knows that feeling? After you go to shooting range and you do, you just, you, you take out that target and you, you walk out of there with that gun. and It's like, we do, y'all have that feeling. Man, nobody better mess with me. It's a good feeling, isn't it? Now, you know, there, there's been times I went and shot and stuff and I couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. And then you don't feel so good. It's like, man, I really hope my house doesn't get robbed. Uh, my walls are going to have holes all over them. Yeah. You know, instead, instead of the bad guy. And so, th- these things they will, they will help you spiritually. And so it says, flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. But foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strives. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient. In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves of God, peradventure will give them repentance into the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. this is one of the reasons you need to read your Bible. This is why some of the challenges are going to be involved Bible reading, memorizing scripture, because the devil is always trying to trap people with bad doctrine. The devil is always trying to confuse people when it comes to what the Scriptures teach. And so we've got to make sure we're studying. You've got to make sure you know this book because the devil's going to try to trap you. He's going to try to trap you with false prophets, bad teachings, and so you've got to prepare yourself. I'm going to make sure I know my Bible so when that wolf in sheep's clothing does come along, he's not going to be able to fool me. We do that by preparing ourselves by studying the Scriptures. The devil is going to go for the weak. Isn't that what the predators do? The, the, the lions and the leopards and things out there. They prey on the weak. 1 Peter 5.8 Be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He's looking for who he can devour. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to go for the weak. He's not going to attack you in the areas where you're strong. He's going to attack you in the areas where you're weak. That's the way the devil works. But you know, the cool thing about cross training, it helps you discover new things that you didn't know you could do and, and challenges, it challenges you to prepare yourself to do things that you never used to be able to do. And this is the great thing about it. So first Philippians 4.11 says, not that I speak in respect of want for I have learned whatsoever state I am there with to be content. I know both how to be abased, and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry both to abound and to suffer need I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me and while there are many physical things that most of us will never be able to do, succeed in doing because we do have physical limits okay no matter how hard I work I will never make the MBA I'm too short I'm too old I you know I just i'm too white i don't know i'm i just i can't do it i i, I will never I'll, i will never be in the nba you know our stature limits us we can't add to our stature you, you can make yourself stronger but you can't make yourself taller you know we, we can't there's some things that we can't change but just understand when it comes to the things of christ when it comes to the things of the spirit did you know we are only limited by our faith and let me tell you something you sitting around doing absolutely nothing, just thinking when the big, t- when the big test comes, you'll be ready, is not having faith. You having faith is obeying God now and doing the things that He said, preparing yourself. That's you having faith. We're only limited by our faith. We're all, that, that's the only area where we're limited. And so, Second Corinthians 8, 1, last verse. Moreover, brethren, ye do to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how then in a great trial of affliction and the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty, abounded under the riches of their liberality. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. This church, when it came to ministering to the saints, they went above and beyond what they should have been able to do. How did they do something beyond their power? You know why? They did it in the power of God. They did it in the power of Christ. They did it by faith and let me tell you we can't we can do all things through christ we are all limited physically but we there there should be no limits to your faith because christ at the end of the day is the one who gets the glory for what we do and so we're not going to be successful by accident we are not going listen this is this is one reason where i am not you know where i start to lose my optimism when i think about this very important fact about 2024 can anybody know one reason for 2024 we should be very, very concerned about the possibilities of great challenges? It's an election year. Okay. Election years are always weird and they're always ugly. We're always being threatened with doom and gloom and despair depending on who gets, it's, it's gonna get weird this year, folks. Okay. And if you think we're gonna go into an election year, if you think, if, listen, if you think I'm going into an election year, not packing spiritually. You're crazy. And maybe physically too. Because <laughs> it is. It's, it's going to get weird. It's going to get crazy. They are purposefully trying to cause division. They are purposefully. Listen, there are people. They want us, they want us to have a civil war in this country. They do. They, they need right-wingers to do crazy stuff. And they are doing everything they can to make us crazy enough to do it they they need they need it to happen and so we better go into this year packing spiritually we better you better start working out you better start getting yourself ready spiritually for what's going to come and so in order to do that we the devil is going to throw curveballs at us and so thank god for your routine keep it up keep doing it if you're somebody that walks a certain amount every week that's good that will help you physically but sometimes you got to change up the routine and so that's what we're gonna do we're gonna do some cross training this year because we don't know what's coming in 2024 but we're gonna be ready we're we're gonna be ready and so i hope you all will get on board and just do your best on all these things I, i hope everybody will read 50 chapters 50 chapters in your bibles this week and you know what i don't care if you do it in psalms 50 chapters a great way to but listen Keep go, keep reading all year. Keep reading all year. But you you do fifty chapters a one. That's way more than it takes to read through the Bible in a year. Way more. I'm going to give you some stats on that next week. Uh and so just uh be, be ready for that. And so with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for your word and the promises it gives, the things it warns us about, and I pray you'll help us to heed these warnings. Help us to be ready for whatever is going to come in 2024, and I pray that we'll uh, stay focused and we'll be vigilant, uh, like you said in your word, and we will do these things that, uh, Lord, no matter what, all of them are going to profit, Lord, that we cannot hurt ourselves in any way by reading 50 chapters from your word, and I pray that you'll help everyone to uh, do their best to do that this week. In your name we pray. Amen.